telling stories from the EGA Clubhouse. Well, welcome to this edition of the EGA's Telling Stories from the Clubhouse. We're recording this podcast from Keyword Studios LA. My name is Elodie Powers, and I'm the Media and Entertainment Service Line Director at Keyword Studios, and I'll be your host today. I'm joined here by Scott McCarthy, Chair of the Hermes Awards Committee, Will Brown Hernandez, Manager, International Dubbing Creative at DreamWorks Animation, Tom McAndrew, Senior Technical Manager, Content Relations at Dolby Laboratories, and Mark Howarth, CEO at VSI. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be here. <laughs> So today's panel's discussion will focus on the EGA's Hermes Award, celebrating excellence in the art and science of global storytelling. The shortlist of nominees was just released this week, and the first Hermes Awards show will take place in March on the 30th, and we'll come back to that later. Scott. Hello. Hi. <laughs> nice <laughs> to, to see you again. Yeah, nice to see you again. <laughs> this is like becoming like my second home. I love yeah. the studio. <laughs> Can you recap a little bit how this whole... Hermes Award Show came about and how we got here today? That's a good question, and it's a blur. Uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm looking at Tom over here as well, because Tom is uh, our vice chair of the awards committee. And between us and we have um, an, an entire committee that has just gotten this thing off the ground, and, and it, it's happened so quickly, and it's, it really is a blur. And we tackled so much. It was really ambitious what we were trying to pull off and the timeline that we were trying to pull off. Uh, to pull it off. And here we are. With nominations are finally announced. It feels like we have gotten over every major hurdle we needed to get over. The next hurdle is actually the the ceremony itself. And that's actually, to me, I see it as less of a challenge and more of an, uh, it's, it's more exciting. Yeah. It's a, when we started talking about it over a year ago, it was purely a hypothetical thing. And now it's, oh Lord, it's here. <laughs> and, you know, I think a lot of us were kind of inexperienced in, okay, how do you put on an awards ceremony and what should the categories be. And, you know, even the minutia of, okay, how pointy can the statuette be? You know, we, we, yeah. we had some lively yeah. conversations about, yeah. well, what should that look like? And, oh, geez, okay, the Greek god character we picked, does is he problematic in any way? And, yeah, you know, yeah, there yeah. were things we never thought we'd have to think about that, um, that all went into getting us where we are today. Amazing. So, yeah, congratulations. Thank this you. A big, uh, big achievement for sure. Um, Mark and Tom, I'd like to ask you and Will, what do you think these nominations mean to our industry? Well, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a great thing, and it's, a, it's really exciting. I know when the EGA was first conceived, you know, whatever it is now, at times a blur, a number of years ago, this was one of the things that was co sort of kicked around. And, and I thought, you know, that'll be interesting to see if that could ever really happen. But in some sense, you know, as a, as a person who spent, you know, the last 30 years in the media industry, Localization is kind of like a, it's always been like the best kept secret in the supply chain, in the, in the world. People, they just don't know really what we do. And to me, what these things, what these awards really do is it signifies that in some sense we've arrived as a real craft. Well, we've arrived as a real craft, which, of course, everybody who's probably listening to this right now knows that we're a real craft. But to the rest of the world, this is a way of saying yeah, you have to take this part of the supply chain seriously, not just the supply chain, but the creative process. And that's why it's really exciting that we're able to talk about the creativity that we bring as we push this across, push our product across the entire, the entire globe. So I think this is a real uh, milestone for our industry that hopefully, regardless of 
frankly, who the nominees are because they're all fantastic. And and but just the fact that we're doing this mm-hmm. is a major thing for us. And, and you see the companies supporting it where they're going out on LinkedIn and social media platforms and talking about, hey, we want to celebrate the nominations we received and these for, for these properties or for these performances. And and you're right, there's going to be a whole slew of people that are within our industry that go, wait a minute, there's an, first of all, there's another award show. <laughs> and, and then on top of that, it's like, oh, but wait, these are, these are languages and actors that I've never seen in this type of a category. And mm-hmm. so it really is opening, you're right, it's opening the eyes to what we do in such a bigger way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no end of awards for the original version of a feature film or episodic television. I, I just wrapped coordinating uh, an immersive audio uh, category uh, for the uh, for the Lumiere Awards for the Advanced Imaging Society, so the the OV gets all kinds of love. Um, but honestly, around the world, most people hear content localized in their own languages. It's not just a Hollywood story, and so it's you know it's kind of about time that that this art is recognized. Absolutely, well, I you know to follow on what you, what you said, Tom. I as a kid, I was one of those people around the world that relied on dubs to get there, you know, to watch Back to the Future and Star Wars and. You know, I want I'm so glad to uh, that these dubs that mean so much for those of us who didn't speak up uh, or who didn't learn English. I didn't learn English until I was 10. So for those of us who rely on them, it's so great that they're getting recognized. And and there's also so much artistry. There's so much passion. There's so much talent that goes into each dub. I feel like each dub is a minor miracle because it really shouldn't work. (laughs) The translation shouldn't work in another language shouldn't work. And yet it does, and it's it's this minor miracle that you're just watching happening, uh, happening. And I think a rec- recognizing that is really exciting, and it's about time. Yeah, I want to. I just want to throw one other thing because the I, I did I didn't realize this until I was reading the list, is that it is wonderful to have a positive set of discussions about dubbing in particular. Because as a guy who has run a couple of the companies in this industry, the number of letters and complaints I get, not, 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 and it's, listen, I'm not talking about with our customers, right? That's, that's just normally creating the product, but you'd be surprised how many letters, I know, Scott, you must know that there's people all over the world who want to complain about localization. (laughs) And it is just wonderful to see us celebrating the excellence of localization and not the, hey, I don't really think that was a good actor or whatever it might be. So um, it's a really positive thing. And, well, I think that's and, great. and along those lines, I think what this is trying to light on is in that what people, the thing that people don't understand the most about our industry and about what we do in localization is how subjective it is. <laughs> There's so many times when it comes just even down to the translations. It's like most people think like, oh, you have a sentence, you translate it. There's one way you translate it. There's countless ways to translate it not but and you could break down every word and have so many different ways to to adapt that that phrase that word that sentence and then you put the constraint of lip sync and the magic that you're talking about that how it all comes together so um i i think that it shines a light on like the 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 creativity that goes into every aspect of what we do and I think we've all been in the industry long enough that we've seen how far it's come. Um, my first job in L.A. 25-odd years ago was doing a DVD mastering, and that was in the days of real-time encoding. So <laughs> my, my personal record was I watched Dana Carvey's Master of Disguise 33 times <laughs> in 33 languages. And and um, not that movie in particular, but sometimes you'd rack up a language dub decades ago and go, blah. Mm. You know, just it was the... The art of international dubbing has come so far over the years. It, it's really, you know, some stellar production that's coming in from all around the world. And it, and seeing the, the increase in quality over the years from all the territories is amazing. Definitely. And I think one thing that's changed radically over the past few years is also having 
content from all over the world traveling back and forth. Where before, you know, I grew up in France and I would get a lot of American content in French. And when I came here, I realized, you know, they sounded completely differently in the <laughs> original version. But that's that's what we were getting. We had our French production, we had, you know, our domestic and US. But now content comes from all over the world and it's super exciting because it exposes us to culture, it's different traditions and, and so forth. So yeah. And Very good. dubbing is interesting too, because I think there's a certain American dare I say snobbery, that I will listen to the original language of a foreign film and I will just read subtitles. And it's like, well, I can watch, want to watch the cinematography. And I think worldwide, it's much more common to go, I'm going to listen to a well-produced dub and enjoy the whole movie and I'm not going to worry about mm -hmm. the lip flap. Mm -hmm. And so it's around the world, I think it's very, very accepted that we listen to dubs. We don't just always listen to the OV and read subtitles. Mm -hmm. Great. Scott, I'd like to ask you... Um, about the next and I guess final voting window, um, you know, what, what can you tell us about that phase of the process? So by the time this podcast released, the voting window will be open. So if you're listening to this, you can, if you're an EGA member, you now can go can go vote. Um, the awards, of course, were open to the entire industry. So it's not just EGA membership. It's, it just happens to be that the membership is going to be the final voting block. Um, but it is a representation of the entire industry, which is a beautiful thing. Um, so the voting window for the members is now open. Um, and uh, it's it's broken out into categories and disciplines. So, you know, as a general member, you're going to be able to vote for, you know, for best performance, for lifetime achievement award, for technical achievement award. But there's other categories that in the early round of voting for the reduction process, just to get it to the five nominations, we separated out uh, audio descriptions as well as mixing. Those are such specific disciplines that you really want someone with that specialty, with that ear, with that mm -hmm. experience to be the ones who are truly analyzing those nominations. Mm -hmm. And the same is going to be true for this wider um, second round of voting that goes to the members. Uh, even within the membership, you have to have a certain level of expertise and years of experience in these different disciplines to vote on specific categories. So we're, we're doing that uh, to make sure that we're honoring all the different aspects of you know, uh, this, this process and bringing it from, you know, the original version to the final product in, in any given language. So in the um, nominee list, there are different languages, different uh, types of work. So, uh, Will, do you have any tips to share with us on how to best process those uh, submissions? Um, I do. I mean, this, this is part of what, what our team does at, at DreamWorks. We, we do the casting and the song reviews uh, across uh, all the different languages that we dub into. Sometimes it's 30 or more than 30 languages uh, for a production. And um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it's difficult. It is difficult to listen to a dub, you know, to a song in, in Easy Zulu. We have a, a song, a, nomina a nominee in Zulu, which is amazing. Uh, as well, but then listening to a dub into Spanish and then a dub into English, which for a lot, a lot of the members will be uh, a language that they're fluent in or is their native language. So I think the key the key to remember is that every every language, every culture has different rhythms. It has different um, it, 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 in a culture, the way that you communicate to somebody that you're angry at them or that you love them or that you want them to hurry will will vary. You know, the way that we clip our words, the way that we force through our, our, our attack on, on, you know, the way that we phrase words. All of that, all of that is a little bit different, but there is a common humanity to every performance. So, you know, look, look for that, listen for that when you're 
you know, when you're listening to a song, does it move you? When you're listening to a performance, do you hear the beat changes? You know, the, go back to your Meisner training, and do you, do you hear the beat changes? Do you hear? Yes, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but but really, really go to that. Do you hear the dynamic in the performance? Does the performance feel in the moment? Do you feel what this character is feeling? Um, uh, and to that end, you know, if there's a pricey in in the nominee packet, really look at that. Really understand. Try to get as much context as you can for the scenes that you're watching, who the character is, and immerse yourself in that. Watch it several times. Watch it a few times just to hear what the cadence is of the language, mm -hmm. like what, what Japanese sounds like when people are speaking, and then really immerse yourself. Um, and then beyond that, just let the scene wash over you. Let it hit you emotionally. Uh, don't. Everybody here, I'm sure, has done dubbing QC, and you know you don't look at the lips. You look at the eyes. That's mm -hmm. what the audience is looking at. So look at the eyes. And let that performance, let that song really engage you, really feel it, and then make a decision based on that. What gives you the feels, basically? So if you're a member and you're, you're a voting member and you're going to be listening to this submission in a language that's not your, you know, your first language, like you don't have to feel overwhelmed. It's possible yes. to do a proper analysis and to feel confident in what you're voting on. Yeah, and, and to that end, be aware that this is, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, Japanese is not, it, it's not a culture that I know a lot about. Uh, English and Spanish, because I'm going to understand the words, the content is going to be more accessible. That performance is going to be immediately registering with me. Um, so give yourself time. Like, if uh, watch all the clips several times. If there's a language you don't know, watch that multiple times until you get the rhythms, until you really feel it. And then once you have it, then watch it emotionally and see how it hits you. I always, uh, so I, was, I was just like, I was going to say, I always like to say, like, when you're listening, when you're doing casting, like, a bad performance, it's a bad performance no matter what language it's in. And, and you, you know, and you, and the same could be said about a good performance. You can tell what's a good performance just based off of the delivery. And there's so, like, there's just top line. Like, there's, you go with your gut too. Like, you, your, your instincts will serve you well in this process. Yeah, well, along with going with your gut, you know, just watching the submissions. Am I getting lost in the story? Or am I looking at the performances and the things that stick out at odd angles? If if I'm getting sucked into the story, even if it's not my native language, all right, that's probably a great dub. Yeah, yeah I mean, for me, I, I'm probably the least technical person here. And so, you know, my ears, I can't hear some of these things. I see charts and everything, and they say, this room is good or this mix was good. To me, it's all about, do I find, and I, and I would encourage many people to think about it this way, do I actually, for a moment, think that it was actually done in that language, right? Do I feel like this? Yes. Do I feel like, I mean, actually, it's do I, I know we're, generally we tell our people, match the OV, right? When we're doing dubbing, it's match the OV. And I know there's there's many people who have some perspectives about whether that's really the right answer, but that's what we tell people, match the OV. But for me, it's when I'm watching one of these, does it feel like this is the OV? And if it feels like it's the OV, then okay. That's great. But I love the idea about watching it several times to get the rhythm. That's that's really good advice. Well, and Mark, I love your your that's an incredible that's a, that's an excellent criteria for for how can you tell if the dub is there? It's like if you believe it, if you really believe it, if you believe that that is the OV. Yeah, that's excellent. Authenticity. Yeah. 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 And along those lines, we're talking about performance, but going into the technical and some of the mixing categories, do I believe the people that are saying those words are in those spaces? Mm -hmm. You know, how, how are they worldizing the dubs? Because most of it is in, you know, sound isolated VO booths. Do I believe that someone's in the samples I always use are a wood paneled office or a metal walled spaceship? You know, do I believe that they've worldized those dubs properly and mm -hmm. well? Very good advice. Thank you for that. Um, next question is for really all of you. 
And um, it's said around the scope and diversity of languages and culture that these nominations represent in, you know, if you're happy with what we got in this first rollout. I, I'll just set it up and then I'd love for these guys to go to go deeper here. But the beauty of this award show is that it's a it's a world competition. You know, I love that you have the diversity in languages and cultures represented in every single category. I mean, we've we've talked about in the the, the reason the EGA wanted to do this initially when the ambition behind it was the fact that the industry didn't have something like this. If you go to Spain or Italy and Germany, there's incredible dubbing awards that are honoring the dubbing industry or the localization industry for those markets and for that language. But there's never been something on a, on a global scale that really just brought everyone together in that way. And, and you kind of have a category where you have a Latin Spanish dub against, you know, up against Japan and, you know, and, and all of these and, and even 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 things that are going from not just an English domestic type of a um, product to a foreign language, but random pairings of Japanese to German and, and mm-hmm. you know, you name it. It's like the, the scope of what's represented in this list of nominations I'm, I'm extremely proud of. And I think it really honors what the intent uh, of the EGA was all along. Yeah, I think the challenge wasn't getting interest from the international dubbing community and from all the studios. The challenge was probably just the nuts and bolts of it. You know, what do what should technical submissions look like? How do we get them onto a judging platform? We had a lot of help with that. Um, but, you know, that was like, hey, we need to do this right out of the gate. It can't be we see submissions come in that are in a wonky format and go, oh, wait, 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 let's start over. It, um, But I, I think that actually worked really, really well. Everything... Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty darn smooth, all things considered. I would love to see what this looks like five years from now, right? Right now, just the fact we have it and the mix we have is fantastic. And as, as we were saying even, Tom, before we came in, the uh, the complexity. I mean, this is, you're not just dealing with 500 possible submissions. You're dealing with, I mean, I don't even know what the math is, thousands and thousands and thousands. It's such a, I mean, I just have total respect for the people who who are willing to take on this challenge and look at this sea of content and say, how do you actually start to break it up? I'm very happy with what this list looks like, and I'm very curious to see what it looks like five years from now. And we talked a lot about that, and maybe you can better expand on this, Tom, which was the you know, in our committee talking about we have to get this first one out the gate. Yep. There there was there was some participation that we wish we would have had from some of the global studios or some of the major players where, you know, they they were just kind of waiting this one out because they're like, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. I want to see if it's tested and proven. But yet when you look at the nominees and you look at the list of categories and platforms, whether it's you know, uh, a, a Netflix and an Amazon and a Hulu and a Disney and, you know, Universal Pictures. Like, there's a there's a great breadth of content creators and platforms, but then also at the vendor level, which is the, you know, the, the companies that are truly doing the work, that are doing the hands-on work, that we truly are trying to honor and celebrate with these awards. It's, a, it's an incredible, uh, diverse breadth of companies that came together and supported this as well. So, I'm really proud, as you said, like of who actually participated. And man, I cannot wait to see next year and two years and <laughs> three years from now, like yep. how it grows from here. Because this this went beyond my wildest dreams as far as the first round out the gate. And it can only go up from here. Yeah, I think the first the very first challenge we faced was, OK, what should the categories be and how many categories can there be? Mm-hmm. And um 
and I lost the battle that there should be a Dolby Atmos category. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> understandable. Uh, <laughs> next year. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we've had amazing diversity in um, not only the submissions, but the finalists. I looked particularly at um, some of the music categories, and they were not like top 10 world languages. They were, you know, way down in the the much, much smaller countries that are being serviced and like, oh, wow, that language. Cool. And there was I, I was really gratified to see some of the stuff that's getting recognized. That's not, if you will, the obvious choices. So that's great, because I was going to ask if there were any nominations that you guys were super excited about or were a complete surprise to you. I, I got one I'll throw out there. I, <laughs> one of the one of the, when we were creating and I'm looking at Tom here, when we were creating the rules around, you know, the submission requirements, one of the awesome things about what we do is dubbing is happening with content that sometimes goes deep into a library for a content creator. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to just say like, hey, your your nomination has to be this brand new relevant release. Like the reality of our business is people are going into catalogs from decades and from eras long ago, and sometimes they're being dubbed for the first time. So the submission requirements were that the dub had to be completed in the year of 2022 but the actual original content that's being dubbed doesn't matter where it came from. Mm -hmm. So there's this really great film from, I think it was 1961 or 62, um, called Victim, which is like a British film noir, uh, black and white uh, movie. And it's just, I love that that's represented. And it's a, it's a French version of that, that British movie. And, uh, you know, to, to see that make the final nominations is, I think, a good reflection of the way our business actually works. And the fact that people are able to take those titles and go, hey, we found the stems. We can do a really great international dub of this. Yes. It's, it's a testament to, you know, not only the new production, but the cataloging and the archiving and the quality of the original productions. Yeah, and talk about a, a, a division of a company that never gets love, the archive teams, you know, <laughs> right, like right. for them to find the files that allow that dub to actually uh -huh. be, like, to, to be a reality. Like, hats off. That's In amazing. the cardboard yeah. crate next uh -huh. to the Arkham Covenant. Yeah. 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 Right. Don't <laughs> underestimate the effort that people... People in my <laughs> company, vendors like us, go around trying to find where yes, our customers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so for me, I'm really excited about that particular nomination. Not that I'm trying to give favoritism here, but it's just I think it represents a really unique part of our industry. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that uh, I, I listen, a lot of these things I'd never heard of or seen, and it's just it's powerful. You know, once again, maybe with an American. Los Angeles-centric view. I'm used to seeing award shows. Yeah, I recognize every one of those pieces of the content. I probably saw 80% of them. That's not the case here. But one of the things that's fun about this is uh, we were kicking around is, you know, for the, especially for the vendor community is bringing people together in a room and saying, okay, listen, we're going to do a little lunch. You know, we'll bring some people in and sit there in the conference room and let's actually, let's actually watch these things, right? We'll do our own little, you know, we'll get, once the clips are out and we can play, you know, start to play with it, just sit around and say, let's actually take a look at this and talk about it and use it as a, as a bonding experience. I, coming back maybe to the, the prior question for a second, you know, I think that next year um, people are going to go, I, I'm just waiting to see how the employees at the vendor community react is because I think they're going to get really excited. And if I know anything about a lot of these companies, there's going to be internally, not at the top level, but down in the down at the people who really are doing it, there's going to be a, gosh, we really like to win something this year. This is really cool. And I, I think it's going to be a, a it's going to be eye opening for a lot of people. And, and before this, they didn't have something to win. You know, yep. there was nothing that really honored the the workforce that was truly behind the scenes. Mm -hmm pulling this stuff off and, and bringing these dubs in life to life. So um, this is really giving an outlet to 
uh, an aspect of our industry that has not been celebrated before. Well, I, 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 at this point, I have to just mention something as a vendor talking to a, a customer, <laughs> to customers, right? Is that the only award that you win, and I t this is meaningful in the vendor in, in the vendor community. When we get the letter from a customer, which happens whenever it happens, it says, "Hey, this thing you guys did sounds great." Uh, you should know people put those up on the wall. I mean, that is up until today, up until this award, that was the highest you could get. Yeah. I got a note from our customer of all the things I did this year. They said that this one was special. And that's that's what we've had. And now, like I said, we're in a new day now. This is something, you know, you're going to start to see these little statues or whatever hanging out on people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you got everybody like loves an attaboy or an attagirl. And mm. we're mm. shining a light on something that has typically worked mm. fairly anonymously. Mm. And I, I think we're all really proud of that. That's such a great way to say it, yeah. For sure, yeah. And the, the timing of the award show is right in the midst of all of the other award seasons. So our industry is really big on giving accolades to all kinds of, you know, different segmentation of the industry. But like you were saying, this is the first. It's super exciting and it's definitely going to create a big buzz. Cool. Um, so this is uh, the first edition this year of the Hermes Awards. And it's been primarily focused on audio description and dubbing. Um, do you think that as time goes on, we will add, or the committee will add different categories such as, you know, to recognize subtitling, to recognize script writing, to recognize other, you know, unsung heroes? Of Without our... question. And Scott can probably say it best because we, we did learn the first time around, hey, there, there were some parts of the craft that we, re that we really uh, missed out on and that we would love to include in future ceremonies. Part of the concern was, hey, we don't want our first show to be this... A glorious eight-hour spectacle. You know, <laughs> we wanted, you know, something that was, you know, we knew what we were going to present and that would be an acceptable length for, for an award show. But yeah, uh, round two could be, uh, you know, we could really expand the scope of it. But let's see how it goes this time. But uh, yeah, I'm we, sure you can elaborate much more. Yeah, no, we, it's funny. We, we talked about early on, like, what this actual ceremony would look like. Would it be live? Would it be pre-taped? Like, you know, it is going to be a pre-taped produced event. We're going to have some um, live events leading up to it. So it just builds some excitement around it. But at the time, and we talked about this on the first podcast when we got together, um, you know, at the time we were in the heart of the pandemic when we had to make some key decisions about what the award show and the ceremony would look like. But part of it was because of the pandemic. The other part of it was we weren't prepared for the first award show to have this sit-down, dinner, live spectacle. Like, I just want to figure out how to get this thing off the ground before I figured out, like, what people are going to eat. You know? It's like there's, <laughs> there's, there's, just, there's so many other, like, challenges, like, we had to face. And, like, that was an element. Like, I can't, I can't have that be a layer on top of everything else. Um, and then when the nominations came out, and we talked about this again, um, you know, early on we talked about this, but when – when the nominations came out, there was a lot of pushback on that that very fact that translations were a missing category. And I remember engaging on social media, on LinkedIn, on a lot of the, the feedback we were getting. And I think a lot of the, the community that represents this incredible work of translators were ready to, like, be combative with me. And I think they were shocked <laughs> because I actually – I reached out to every single person that posted a comment and complaining about this and said, you're right. We missed that. Like, that was on us. And the only thing I could say was the 
the, the show is at a point where we can't fit it in now, but let me prove to you, let me show you how we make it right. And let me show you how we make it right on the very next award show. So it is the top priority of this committee and of the EGA to make sure that translations and, and just, you know, the, the script side of things, like there's so many other elements. And like you said, unsung heroes of the larger workflow that we will make sure are represented every year that we go forward. Excellent. You were really diplomatic when we did start hearing that feedback. People asked me, who's in charge? And I bravely said him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I was happy to engage with, with, with the, the translation community because they had, they were, like, like I said, they, they, they expected a fight. But I, I sat back. And I was like, yeah, we got that wrong. And the only thing I can say is, one, I'm sorry, but let me prove to you that, we, that we're going to make it right. Yeah, and how about join the committee and help us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Some accolades are better than none, and yeah, so yeah, yeah, we are just getting started. And and, and I've had some of that. We've had a, I've had an incredible community of translators who have reached out to me and and expanded on that dialogue. And we took it from like a a, a feed within a, a a LinkedIn post, and we've turned it into you know coffee chats, and we've turned it into video calls, and so I'm. And, and part of that was them pushing to, to take the conversation further. And part of it was me also wanting to make sure that if I'm going to build this into future award shows, I need to understand what is required and what, what is going to, to you, what, what do you need to feel celebrated for the work that you do? Great. So um, going back to the actual event, because it's happening yes. March 30th. <laughs> oh so it's super exciting. Um, <laughs> You said it was going to be pre-recorded, yep. um, and there will be live events uh, buzzing around it. Yep. Um, can you share anything more? Is it going to be? Um, how do you join the event? How do you watch it? How do you? I promise you, the EGA will have lots of uh, announcements on building up the excitement to make sure everyone has that link when it goes live. That has the you know, where to tune in to watch some of the interviews and the stuff that's going to happen live right before. We're going to have a viewing party at the EGA on the night of March 30th to actually uh, celebrate this for whoever's local and wants to come and, and watch the event in person. Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be uh, a lot of announcements about, you know, how to... Uh, how to make sure you enjoy it. Yep. Follow our social media. And uh, the EGA is really good about uh, announcing everything that's happening and uh, keeping members uh, and the in the industry at large up to date on these things. I guess you're saying we can come to the awards, but there's no dress code. There is no dress code. <laughs> no I don't have to bring code. out the tux, right? Okay. No, but, you but, can. I, but you can. <laughs> I encourage <laughs> okay. it, you know? Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I guess in closing, uh, big congratulations to everybody involved in getting this award show going at the EGA. Uh, and thank you for, you know, making this happen, really. Big congratulations to all of the nominees. Thank you, Scott, Will, Tom, and Mark for joining me today to record this podcast. It was a real pleasure to have you all take part in this panel. Thank you, Manuele, for recording and Woo! editing. <laughs> and the Keywords uh, Studios LA team for hosting us yeah, thank today. You, yes, thank, thank you, Yes, thank you. So, yeah, but huge, th huge thanks to Scott and Tom for shoulder, I mean, and we have an entire awards committee that has just been a part of this at every step. And, you know, it has been a collaborative effort for every detail. I mean, even Tom said down to like, like the position of the statue. And like, I mean, there's been, I mean, the type of conversations you have to have, like to pull off an award show, like going into it, I had no idea, like how in depth and how detailed we were going to have to get, but it's been, uh, it's been part of the fun. 
Excellent. And so everybody listening, you can find more information about the EGA and the EGA's Hermes Awards Committee and the show online at egassociation.org. There we go. And there we go. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Thanks everyone. Thanks so much. Join us next time when we share more stories about elevating the art and science of global storytelling. <laughs>